Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, I've spent some time studying the book of Isaiah recently, and I discovered something that I never saw or realized before. Pastor Andre mentioned that this month in 1974, that's 50 years ago, we walked into the downtown Assembly of God and we got born again. And, you know, I've been to Bible school, I've sat under ministry for decades, but I've never, I I even checked with Pastor Andre, I said, have you ever heard of this? And he said, I haven't. It's a bit of a side note to the message, but I, I felt it was informative about the things of God, so about the Word of God. So, the book of Isaiah is called the miniature Bible, because like the Bible, it has 66, well, the Bible has 66 books, if you know that, the the Isaiah has 66 chapters, and the message of the first 39 chapters in the book of Isaiah summarizes the message of the Old Testament, which is judgment and the disobedience of man. And then the last message of the 27 chapters summarizes exactly the message of the New Testament, which is the good news. The tone uh, changes from judgment to comfort and encouragement. In fact, verse 1 of verse 40 says, comfort, comfort my people. What a switch, right? And, uh, so, and then we read in Isaiah 40, verse 3, a prophecy about someone crying out in the wilderness with the words, prepare the way of the Lord, words, which later was used by John the Baptist in the 40th book of the Bible in Matthew 1, verse 3, and the good news comes. So Isaiah chapters 40 to 66 is the good news, and I want to quote from Isaiah 40 today, and I hope that it is good news for you. We'll read from Isaiah 40, 25. This is God speaking to Isaiah to speak to his people, Israel. With whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created, who created all the stars? As a shepherd leads his sheep, calling each by its pet name and counts them, to see that none are lost or strayed, so God does with stars and planets. O Jacob, O Israel, how can you say that the Lord doesn't see your troubles and isn't being fair? Don't you yet understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. Even the youth shall be exhausted and the young men will all give up. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In this new year, God has the answers for us. 
to regain strength is what I'm speaking about. It's not the title. To start 2024 well, we must come with open hearts and renewable attitudes. Pastor Andre spoke about attitudes last, last week, last year, <laughs> last week. It was before 2024. We must come with a renewable attitude before the Lord. And remember, our attitude will determine our altitude, how high we are going to fly this year. Amen? So the title today is Let's Soar in 2024. Hashtag, come fly with me. And I say that because I built myself up with these verses last year when I was in the book of Isaiah and God spoke to me and he renewed me. And I felt like, I'm, I will if you will. Are you going to soar? I will. If I'm going to soar, will you with me? Amen. So just to refer back to the passage that we just read, do you realize that God was speaking to his people in the most severe trial? that they were going through. They were actually in captivity. And what he was doing is he was encouraging them through Isaiah to see him through new eyes and to think of him with a renewed mind in the midst of their trouble. And he wanted them to, to have a hope for a better future. And I believe that is the word for us. You know, we need to come to the Lord with renewed eyesight and with renewed thinking and open our hearts and say, Lord, speak to me, help me, because your word tells me you know the plans that you have for me. They are good plans. So I'm going to accept that. I'm going to accept your words. I'm going to stop arguing about the Bible says this and then it contradicts itself. Get that out of the way. Come on. It's not taking us anywhere when we have an attitude like that. Amen. You know, there are times when we doubt God's greatness and we forget what a good God he is, what a compassionate God he is, that, that truly he knows the plans and they are good for us. Amen? You know, the Lord knows that we're not always going to be at our best. We're not going to be strong. We're going to have down seasons. We're going to have difficult challenges, right? Um, you know, we don't always cope with life's challenges, Right? Number one, circumstances in life can weigh us down, but God intends for us to soar like eagles. So perhaps for some, life has become a burden too heavy to bear. You feel too tired to carry on. Perhaps you've come to the point where you want to give up with your walk with the Lord. Oh, I'll just come. My wife dragged me here today. My husband asked me, if you don't come, I'm not going to go. And so I felt like, up against a wall, and kids are here because parents force them, as they say, to come. No, no, no. I've got good news for you. You can be at the point of giving up on your walk with the Lord. You may be saying, I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. And I'm troubled by sin. You know, I try. I try not to give in to temptation in my hour of temptation. But, but you know what, I just, I just can't help myself. Or you say this, at the beginning of every year you say this, this year 
I'm going to start with reading the Bible consecutively, and I'm going to pray every day. And it starts fine. It starts fine. But sooner or later, work and life and challenges just swamps you, right? And you get swallowed up. But God has the answer for us. And we will never understand him. We read that in there. We cannot fathom God. We can know him to a point, but we'll never really fully know the depths, the secrets, the mystery. Amen? We, we will never understand him, but the beautiful good news is he knows all about us. He knows everything about us. Amen? And I want to say, do not doubt God. Do not doubt God, but be willing uh, to, 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 to hear what God has to say to you this year. Be open to receive from him in your times with him, when you do spend times with him, because God will make you soar. The higher we fly on the thermals of God and the less time we spend bound to the earth and the thinking of this world, the more victorious we will be and the higher we will fly and the pull of the earth will have less power over us. My second thought is, why the imagery of eagle? Now I meditated on this, researched this, and I just thought, wow, why an eagle? Um, it, it's quite fascinating to me. Well, one of the dimensions of the character of God is the face of an eagle. You, you can read about that in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, and Revelation 4, verse 7, where it speaks about the face of the ox, the face of a lion, the face of a man, and the face of an eagle. So I think we're very privileged and very blessed to be compared to the eagle. Amen. So, and plus, the Bible teaches us that as believers, we can possess the characteristics of an eagle. Matthew concise commentary, Matthew Henry concise commentary, says, an eagle excels in quickness and piercing sight and in soaring high. And I think that describes what God is saying to the people of Israel and what he's saying to us is that, you know what, you're going to have, you're going to excel to great heights, heights this year. So to be, to, to be a soaring Christian in 2024, uh, it is a very important uh, matter and we need to learn the characteristics from the life of the eagle. And my first thought, I've got seven points under number two. Eagles have amazing vision. Eagles can see a rabbit for food up to three miles away. And the principle for us in that is in order to succeed, we must have a clear vision for our lives. We must have a clear vision for our walk with God. I'm going to set aside time and I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give to God. Have a clear vision. Don't let it be a vague, oh, we'll just see what this year brings. Amen? Be like this eagle who has incredible vision. We've got to be like that. Amen? We must have a vision for our church, for our family. Have a vision for your family. Right? Sit down with your family and talk about what your plans are for this year what your dreams are for your children, what your hopes are for their future, amen? For your career, have a vision. 
don't just wing it. I'll just try this interview, and I'll just go, and I'll go before God, amen, and say, I have a dream, Lord God, and you're a good God, and lay it before him, amen. 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 Have a vision and remain focused. My second thought is, eagles have two sets of eyes, two sets of eyes. If you're a person with education about these matters, just bear with me. I try to be accurate here. It's not really two sets of eyes, but this, the eyes can do two different things, all right? So eagles have monocular and binocular vision with three sets of eyelids, one here, one there, and one to the side. So they can use their eyes independently or together. The first set are their natural eyes for when they are in rest mode, but they actually can still see. And the second set are for when they are navigating through winds and heavy storm clouds. And the principle for us as Christians are that we also have two sets of eyes. But I hope we have two sets of eyes. Are you awake this morning? Right, good. So we've got two sets of eyes operating in us. We've got natural sight. For those who are blessed with sight, we have natural sight, but we also have spiritual eyes. God has blessed us who believe in him, who have committed their lives to him, who have been born again. Born again for me was when I saw life completely in a different light. And that is what it means to have spiritual eyes. Amen. And it enables us to understand the things of God, to see things God's way. That is why there's so much going on at the moment with people on Instagram and, you know, just in, in company arguing. And I don't see it that way. Well, they don't because the natural man understands not the things of the Spirit. Amen. And so we very much like the eagle. We have an ability with two sets of eyes to see different things. And we need both sets of eyes operating so that we can be on our guard and discern the things that we shouldn't do or shouldn't go, where we shouldn't, you know, be. Then number three, eagles are high flyers. Eagles have been known to fly alongside aeroplanes. Now, that's not the 30,000 feet height, but it's like up to the 10,000 feet height. And there is a saying, if you want to soar with eagles, do not hang out with turkeys. <laughs> now, in thinking about this point, I thought, that's Wilma, that's quite harsh. You know, it's not in my nature <laughs> to call people turkeys. But um, eagle Christians, eagle Christians are not on and off Christians. You know, they're not eagles today and turkeys tomorrow. You see, they're not eagles one day looking up at the sun and turkeys tomorrow picking down in the dirt. We can't be both. We're not schizophrenic. Eagle Christians are eagle Christians, and that is that. Amen? I came across a story that I heard many years ago, and it's the story of a Kansas farmer, you may have heard it as well, who found a baby eagle in one of his fields. 
And so he took the eagle back home and he nursed the eagle and the eagle, the eaglet, got stronger and started growing and, uh, you know, he eventually put the young uh, eagles into the chicken coop among his little chickens. But then he noticed that, well, the eagle is getting on, but it's behaving just like the chickens. It's picking and it's looking down. It's meant to look up. An eagle is meant to look up at the sun, right? We're meant to look up at the sun of God, amen? And so he got some inspiration and he, he got his pickup and he took the eagle and headed west to the Colorado mountains. I'll just give you the facts of the story. When he arrived at the eastern edge of the Rockies, the farmer took the young bird into the foothills. Finally, he lifted the eagle up in the air and pointed its head towards the mountaintops where the wind was blowing. And just then, another eagle, like as by the providence of God, another fully grown eagle came past and cried out. And a shudder coursed through the eagle, little eagle's body and it spread its wings as a new strength seemed to surge through the bird. It stood and leaped into the air, caught a strong breeze and soared into the sky. Like eagles, God wants us to be high flyers. Amen? God wants us to be high flyers. I remember hearing a message on not hanging out with turkeys many years ago. It really stayed with me because it differentiated what eagles behave like, how they navigate life, and how turkeys and chickens are bound to the earth. They're, in the, they're down here. Eagles are up there. That's where we belong. Amen. Number four, eagles live on higher ground. So eagles will always be found on higher ground, on mountain cliffs. They're, they're up here. They're not bound to the earth. And the principle as Christians is that we already live on higher ground um, as compared to the rest of the world because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen? We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Can we remind ourselves of this as the year progresses? You're in it, but you're not of it. Amen? And, you know, we need to keep ourselves separate from the corruption, the pollution, the vices, and the sins of this world. And we can't degrade ourselves to turkey status when we're actually eagle Christians, amen? And remind ourselves, you're not of this world, amen? It's a good reminder. Number five, eagles are strong and courageous. Eagles have literally been seen with poisonous snakes, that speaks to me of the enemy, and tearing their heads off with their beak. Now, I'm not suggesting we have this conversation with the enemy, but it's interesting to me that God sees us as eagles, and we need to understand there are characteristics, amen, of eagles that we need to be aware of. And it is very freeing and very empowering, right? And so eagles fly higher than their enemies do. They stay out of reach of predators. And I think when you're on the ground here, 
you are easy prey. But when you are soaring in Christ, when you have, you know, your wings spread out and you are soaring on the thermals of God, you're out of the way, but there will still be, obviously, predators and enemies. Now, when an eagle is pursued, pursued by predators, they, they, they fly higher and they look directly into the sun. They're they, one of the only birds that can look directly into the sun. That's who we are. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so by them doing that, the predator trying to do the same thing is blinded by the sun, right? And that's how they keep themselves from danger. And so the principle is, it speaks of spiritual warfare. It speaks that there are attacks. There are enemies around us. There are people with not good spirits around us. They want to bring us down, right? But we must look directly at the Son of God, and we must use the weapons of our warfare. Ephesians 6. We need to remember we have armor. We have armor, right? Number six, eagles are fearless and tenacious. You know, they have been seen flying right through major storm clouds. You know, when, when, when a storm comes and the eagles rise up, all the other birds scatter and they run away and they go into trees. But the eagle goes and goes and goes. And that is what God can see in us. When trials and tribulations and difficulties come, we don't like, crack up. We just keep going. We get closer to God, right? We hold on more to him. We don't behave like the turkeys do, right? We have a different lifestyle. And the principle for us is we can use the storms of life to rise to great heights, just like the eagle does. And high achievers, by the way, thrive on challenges. They say, bring it on, because I can learn something from it. I can use it profitably, and I will seize the opportunity. And that is what eagle Christians need to be thinking when challenges come this year. Not cracking up, I'm just giving up, I'm going to stop reading the word, I'm stop coming to the church. I'm just going to not hang out with Christians. They're just going to remind me of, of how weak I am. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep soaring. Amen? Keep pushing. And number seven, eagles are born with large, strong, heavy wings. I think they span each like two meters. It's amazing. Other birds flap. Any flappers in the room? I can flap. Sometimes I do flap. But then again, I am but dust and flesh, right? But it's a good reminder that eagle Christians do not flap, right? Other birds flap in order to stay in the air. Eagles stretch their wings and they hold them still. How cool is that? For the purpose of soaring. The principle here is God made us with big wings. Stop putting yourself down. You're made a little lower than the angels. There's no animal that can compare to us. Flapping speaks about not patiently waiting and trusting for the wind thermals of the Holy Spirit to carry us. Amen? 
And that is what we've got to do. And now my third point after point two was seven points. I've learned that from someone. I can't remember who it is. Okay. The secret is waiting on the Lord. This is actually the bottom line here. You know, different Bible translations of verse 31 convey a similar overall meaning. The NIV uses the phrase, those who hope in the Lord, and the good news has those who trust in the Lord, while others say those who wait upon the Lord. The NIV and good news clarify that waiting is not a passive act, but actively expecting God to work. See, when God was talking and speaking to the children in captivity, the children of Israel, he wasn't saying, chill now, and just, you know, hang out and just do nothing. No, it, was, it, was, it, it wasn't passive. It was an active thing, right? G. Campbell Morgan wrote, waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. There is still effort. You know, soaring is not automatic. It is conditional. And every promise of God comes with conditions. We can't just take even Jeremiah 29, you know, 11, I know the plans I have for you. You know, that plans to do you good, not to harm you. That plans to give you a hope and a future comes with a condition. If you obey me, if you follow me. You know, beware of just reading things on Instagram, little clips, the Lord knows this and he's going to do that for you. Find the bottom line. The bottom line here is those who wait, who put in the effort, who put themselves aside, who put God first. Amen? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's easy for me or Pastor Andre or anyone to get up here this year. God's going to renew your strength. This year, you're going to soar like eagles. This year, this, that, and the other good thing is going to happen to you. Without telling you, there's a clause. There are terms and conditions. Those who wait on the Lord. Those are the terms and conditions. Amen. So let's look at what that means, what waiting means. Number one, to wait is to pray and inquire of the Lord. Obvious. But do we do it? You know, many times in the Word, if you're doing the one-year Bible, which I re highly recommend, which can be done in one year, two years, or three years, by the way, if that puts you off. In fact, the, I know Pastor Kogi did the Bible in 30 days or 60 days? 60 days. Let me just confess to you right now, that ain't for me. Because <laughs> I don't speed read and I, I pause and camp. At a, at a, and sometimes I'm way behind, but I don't mind because I'm still reading consecutively. Can I encourage you this morning, okay? All right. In, we read in the Word here. And this is what my point was. So in, when you read consecutively, you read about, and this king did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then this king did was, what was right in the sight of the Lord. And they inquired of the Lord. So many times, things went wrong 
when people did not inquire of the Lord about what to do. And David's successors, because he's my hero, with a, with a flaw. Show me anyone without a flaw in this room today. David's successors came from inquiring of the Lord. In fact, one of the scriptures that I have time for is from 1 Samuel 23 verse 4. It says, then David inquired of the Lord once again. I love this verse because it's telling me this is what he does. This is what he did, right? And the Lord answered him. You want answers from the Lord? Don't, in the morning, speak to me, Lord. I need that now. I need that answer, Lord. Do I or don't I? The Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Caleb, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. Inquire of the Lord before you get married. It will give our pastoral care a little bit of a reprieve in 2024. Inquire of the Lord before you get married or enter a business deal. Seek him about how to go. Seek him. Oh no, that, I feel that. I feel, you know, I get a good vibe from these people. And you know, the devil comes as an angel of light. Can I just warn you? With business deals. We heard that recently from one of our young men, Q, uh, in testimony. People just, you know, what did he do, by the way? He inquired of the Lord. He called out Yahweh. He waited on the Lord. And God came through for him. Inquire about how to go about reconciling families. Because there's always an issue, isn't there? Right? Inquire of him where to study. Ooh, Russia sounds nice. Some people did that. Ah, oh, Kiev sounds nice. And war broke out. So don't just like what you feel and the vibe and, you know, the cool, and there's a halo over someone's head. Don't talk like that. Come on. Inquire of the Lord by waiting for him and for his answer. Right? And you know how often God answers? I don't hear a voice of the Lord in my reading. Ah, oh, God spoke to me. Andre, God spoke to me today. Listen to this, whatever it says, right? Number two, to wait is to surrender to the Lord. You know, we're too much on the throne of our lives, eh? Get off your throne, let God sit on the throne of your life, the throne of your heart, the throne of your thinking, right? Hannah Whittle Smith wrote, the soul that waits upon the Lord is the soul that is entirely surrendered to him and that trusts him, and that trusts him perfectly. Therefore, we might name our wings the wings of surrender and of trust. If we will only surrender ourselves utterly to the Lord and will trust him perfectly, we shall find our souls mounting up with wings as eagles to the heavenly places in Christ Jesus where earthly annoyances or sorrows have no power to disturb us. Amen? Wait upon the Lord. Surrender to him. Number three, to wait is to read God's word. Very simple message, but do we do it? Statistics tell us that 98% of Christians do not read the Word of God. That's an old statistic, by the way. 
Our strength comes from letting television and pleasure wait while we wait on the Lord, number one, amen? And, you know, by reading the Word of God, we are fed. The Word is our food. The Word is our meat. And I could say many more things, but I'm running out of time. The Word is our honey. It's our milk. It's our bread. It's our meat, right? The eagle goes to find. We should go and find it in the Word of God, amen? I, I, I have the app version um, that I never use because I'm too old school. I, I have to have the Bible in my hand. But anyway, I received this notification from the version on Thursday, and I want to, it will come up on the screen, but um, I want to read it out to you. Someone who reads the Bible four or more times a week is 59% less likely to view pornography, 70% less likely to gamble, 407% more likely to memorize scripture, 228% more likely to share their faith with others, 231% more likely to disciple others, and 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. I would say, let us trust in God this year, and wait with confident anticipation and hope, right? For if we do, he will strengthen us, he will give us the power and faithful confidence that will allow us to soar with wings of eagles to ride out any storm and to reach the blue skies of victory. Our wings are waiting, church. Let's soar in 2020. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.